Coming up this week on Destination Linux, we're going to be interviewing Philip from Manjaro and Vincent from Tuxedo Computers, unveiling a very special Destination Linux network announcement. Proton Mail has been talking some interesting things about Zoom and an unusual gaming recommendation from the times for the times we're in. All this is coming up right now on Destination Linux. Welcome to episode 167 of Destination Linux. This is a podcast about sharing our passion for Linux and open source. Destination Linux is a show for all experience levels, so whether you're a beginner to Linux or a master sudoer, welcome to the show. I'm Michael, and with me today are the What Would You Do for a Klondike Bar Trivia Masters, Ryan and Noah. All right. I think we're going out, getting out of hand with these different... No, I come up with them every week, and that one is my favorite so that, far. What uh, would you do for a Klondike bar, Trivia Master? I mean, come on. It's a solid, solid option I'll give you. Okay, sure. So let's find out what everybody's been up to this week. So Noah, what have you been up to? I assume well, I Kl- have... Klondike bar trivia. Klondike bars, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I set up a Raspberry Pi for a Klondike bar. No, I uh, yeah, I have had. Uh, I actually just updated to the latest version of Volumio. If you guys have not played with Volumio, you absolutely should. It is a Raspberry Pi based music player, and uh, upgraded it to the Raspberry Pi four. And they have a new UI with, um, with the latest version that that's experimental, but you can try it and play around with it. So I've been having fun with that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, oh, and I, we have a new tutorial that's coming out, I think, tomorrow on, uh, on the, it's a, a video tutorial on one of the most popular things I've ever done, which is setting up the YubiKey to use PKCS11, the smart card function, to authenticate over SSH. I love so that. Nice. Yeah. But I need to get back to the Volumio, Volumio yes. thing. Because slap me later, but I'm not familiar with it. What are some of the things you can do with this that make it cool? So Volumio is basically a, it turns a Raspberry Pi into a web-based iPod. That's about the best way I can explain it. And the advantage of doing that, of course, is that it can be in a central location with an amplifier and then a distribution block that allows that audio to travel around your house or office. And so what uh, I have managed to set up and what I'm doing with it is uh, is playing music all over my house. And they actually have a multi-room mode now. And so you can have multiple Raspberry Pis and have one assigned per room. And then uh, that user loads the app or, or visits that web page and, you know, sends what song they want to play. And it picks which room. And then that Raspberry Pi starts firing that audio. Very cool. So Very it's nice. almost like an open source version of the Sonos yeah. music system where you can play yes. for a room if you want and you can hook up your components and exactly. well, not feel like all your information is being stolen too. Right. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. So Ryan, what's new in your world? So I've been talking to Philip when we're going to have him on the show later and he has gotten me so excited over Manjaro. So I have this thing where if I'm going to try out a distro, I have to put it on all my PCs. I can't just have like, one PC over here running Arch, or one PC running Solus. Everything in the house has to move when I move. I don't know what it is. It's a mental thing. So I have moved every machine over to Manjaro this week and using the Plasma Edition and absolutely loving it. And because what's been going on in my patron Telegram group for the DOS Geek channel is we've been looking to solve this issue where people state all the time that rolling distros aren't stable. Now, I was on Arch for over a year no issues that I could say, hey, this isn't stable. In fact, it was the exact opposite. I found it more stable than some of the times I run the so-called stable distros out there. But I think that's more than that. Can we actually take a rolling distro and recommend it to new people? Now, 
I think when you're talking to new people recommending distro first, you need to ask them, what are they going to use it for? What are the purposes? But let's say their purpose is aligning. They get a new Ryzen machine or something where you require rolling distro. They require that. Would Manjaro be the one to fit that or what rolling distro would? So we've tested Solus. We've tested MX uh, Advanced Hardware Support Distro. We have tested uh, Manjaro now and, of course, Arch. But Arch is one of those things where you can't tell a new person, go install Arch. No, If you want them to leave Linux immediately, that's what you would do. And you also don't <laughs> yeah. tell them to go run one of the scripts because that's nearly impossible as well for somebody who's not used to Linux at all. So Manjaro, of course, has a beautiful installer. And one of the things I want to report that was one of the most amazing parts is, and this shouldn't be amazing, but it is, as somebody who's distro hopped a lot in the four years I've been in Linux so far, the installer where it says I want to replace, there's an option that says install alongside uh, you know, Windows or other distribution that you have on there. And then there's an option that says replace a partition. So I chose on every install, replace a partition where I had another Linux distro on. And it worked every single time without overriding other parts of my hard drive. And that to me was amazing. I was blown away because so many times I've tried that in installers in Linux and it overwrites something or it puts the uh, boot partition on another drive, even though you said to re- replace just this one, it, it worked every single time. And I'm in love. I absolutely. And you don't have an it. IC dock. I do have an IC dock in my desktop machine. Well, I did. Actually, I don't mm-hmm. anymore. I gave it away at my lug because this case doesn't have the ability to have a five and a quarter. So no, I don't have an IC dock anymore. Yeah. See, so so you yeah. have to you have to be you have to use your brains, not your wallet. Exactly. You have to use your brains. And I also did the drone video, which I sent to Noah. And of course, he didn't watch, but it's fantastic out there for anybody who wants to see it. And then last, Noah, me and you did something where people haven't seen a certain side of me. They have only seen the Linux side of me, but you recorded. School of Hard Knocks, a new episode of your podcast, which is fantastic, which dives into the deeper parts of humanity and and life and social aspects. And we talk about business and leadership. So if you've not checked that out. Yeah, it was a super fun episode. And uh, essentially what we were aiming for was to say, hey, if you are a person that works in a business or owns a business or even really you work for a business, it's about understanding how you should own your job and how you should take the mentality of a leader, even if you're not in a position of leadership and the advantages that that can have. And so Ryan was kind enough to come on and share with me his lessons of basically he's uh, he's been a leader since uh, since before he went through puberty. So like there's a lot of experience packed into a single 41 minute episode. And so we invite you to check that out at school of hard show. Yep. It was an awesome experience. So Michael, what have you been up to? Well, I've been doing some testing and getting ready for a new launch of something that we're going to be talking about later in the episode. I am super excited about that, but stick around. And, you know, typically when I say, Hey, we got something excited and uh, I do, we don't, I don't get to it this time. It's going to happen in this episode. So Wait, there's more? There's yeah. like double announcements because oh, we're going yes. to get a special announcement from Tuxedo Computers and Manjaro. Yes. And then we're doing another. It's a double for nothing. It's a double for something. Double it's like a, it's, it's like a, a it's, a, it's like a double stuffed a Klondike bar. It's a three. Double stuffed like Klondike bar. That's oh, what this is. Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> So we're going to get to that later in the show. So I've been spending a lot of time on you know preparing this announcement for the way that's coming up. And also, I've been doing some testing on Manjaro. And it was kind of interesting. You mentioned earlier that you uh, was gonna, you were gonna, you did something, you tried something, and you were shocked that it was it was good. And I thought you were going to say 
Because when I noticed I, I booted the live ISO, there was a, a manual on the desktop. And I thought you were going to say that you read it. And that was no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't read manuals. I never will. Those are for nerds. I'm a geek. We just trial by fire, baby. Naturally, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I tried out Manjaro this week and I'm, I'm just very surprised about it because it's, it's kind of like, uh, it had a lot of stuff that I would want to be by default set, like what I wanted. And it was, you know, very nice experience because I haven't, as people might know, I haven't done, uh, anything other than the same system for years because I don't, typically distro hop He's still ru- running kubuntu 2.0 which it's is not, amazing i mean i do actually have a computer with that on there it's one it's over here but that's not important um <laughs> i'm very happy with my test so far and i look forward to actually trying out more you know more and more with manjaro and see if i can get like a you know have a secondary option or t- test out your theory about rolling releases and that they aren't as bad as they once were and, and by the way when you said you tested it for a year and you didn't have a problem that's probably true now like when i was using arch a long time ago it was probably around uh 2012 2011 and up to you know 2014 i switched around tried out things i there were some issues but it had but you know linux has been changing so much just for the past few years that i I, i'm very tempted to see like you know testing the rolling release i can't wait to see what you think because i think in a lot of times with you know linux emerging out of the niche market. We have to go back and challenge our ideas of saying the things that we've said for many years that may have been true back then, like rolling distro can't be stable or, you know, whatever it, it may be that this right. desktop environment's the superior one, or, you know, you have to go out there and try. I mean, I'm always going to say plasma see, is the best. I, to see if that's degree, still the case. <laughs> to a certain degree, I don't think it's that anybody says that rolling releases aren't stable. I think that what I would tell you is that it is advantageous from a stability standpoint to have to not have a moving target, right? And so when Inkscape releases the latest version of their software, they can say, well, what should we test against? We should probably test against the latest LTS because that's what the vast majority of people are going to be using. And certainly you make an effort to try to incorporate the latest stuff possible. But at the end of the day, when, when, when release time comes and you have to support this thing for five years, you say, well, we've tried this version of Inkscape and it's worked very, very well. We'll just let this one ride as the stable version. And the rest of it can ride on bleeding edge. It's not that it won't work most of the time. I, I that would be a more accurate portrayal, other than than just saying like if it's an LTS, then it's old and and perhaps isn't going to work. And if it's if it's bleeding edge, then people have this mistaken idea that it's unstable. I don't. I, I guess I don't agree with that. I don't think that it's like trial software that's being released in rolling releases. It's just again, it's a moving target. Yeah, it's a moving target. But I, I think that's an interesting variation to to my point on there and. I think that could be a whole topic in itself that we could get into uh, on later because I think that you know every other operating system out there has this premise. And I think a lot of those software companies want to get features out to their customers that they can't right away because of the LTS thing. So there are, but you're right, there are some advantages to LTS and there's some disadvantages. I just think some of the disadvantages that did exist in a rolling release aren't necessarily still there today. That doesn't mean it's right for you, but... Also, I think a lot more people should be taking a look at them and they would find it's a lot different than it was four years ago. This episode of Destination Linux and the entire DLN network is now sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and so much more. You can get access to this 
Plus, they their world-class customer support for as low as $5 per month, or you can lose, use their flexible pricing structure for as low as 0.7 cents per hour. Not 7 cents an hour, 0.7 cents an hour. What? That's darn near free. Well, exactly. I'm surprised. I've never heard you say that before. That's interesting. Uh, DigitalOcean also has 2,000 cloud agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. And we're big fans of DigitalOcean, and not only because we use their services and they support the thing, but they also provide the, the great customer support. Anytime there's a question, as, as you know, you have with your droplet, you could just send them an email or you can contact them with their support team. They also have the great tutorials and their knowledge base is very, very helpful. I also like, I use DigitalOcean uh, tutorials sometimes when I'm not even using the cloud. It's just like, I wonder if they have, yeah, okay, cool. They have the solution. And and you'll the, the best part, I love my favorite part about their tutorials is when you go there and you find an old version, they will have a link to the newer updated version. And that is such a nice thing that why is it not? Why does that not happen all the time? Like every time you go to a website and you find a tutorial and you get done, you get all the way down to the end of the tutorial. And like, oh, okay, you're referencing from t- 2009. Fantastic, and uh, it's really <laughs> it's really nice they actually have updates and let you know. So anyway, uh, d- if you want to get started with DigitalOcean, you can get started with for two months for free with a $100 credit by going to do.co/dln. Again, you can get started on DigitalOcean with that $100 credit by going to do.co. Slash DLN, and we want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode as well as the Destination Linux Network. We'd like to welcome Philip and Vincent to the show. Thank you both for agreeing to come on the show today. Uh, Philip is the Manjaro Project lead developer and friend of the Destination Linux community. You can check out his in-depth interview that we had on episode 37 of Destination Linux. Vinzens is a project man- a product manager at Tuxedo Computers, and Tuxedo Computers builds uh, laptops and hardware made to run Linux. Uh, so, Philip. The rumor is you've been teasing Ryan, who is known as an AMD fanboy amongst the community. That All was, week long. With some behind-the-scenes uh, glimpses of a new laptop coming to the market and a partnership with Tuxedo Computers. In addition, you've been teasing also all the Manjaro fans on the official Twitter account about this project. So can you spill the beans here? What's going on, Philip? Tell us about this thing. Well, we will launch a laptop, several laptops with Tuxedo, and one of them will be with AMD Ryzen. Nice. Finally. I am looking forward to that one for sure. So uh, can you tell about more about this, uh, the project in general, like the the partnership you're having with Tuxedo Computers and how that worked, how that came about? Well, we uh, met uh, Tuxedo several times. Uh, We were at uh, the Linux uh, days in Chemnitz, which is in northern of Germany. And Tuxedo is always on several trade shows. And we had a stand there as well. And there was a situation on a hotel that we were both on the same hotel and we see uh, the tuxedo cars. And we said, well, uh, we need to pimp that right and put a sticker on it and uh, photographed it. And then on the next day, some angry person came to our uh, booth and said, hey, what's going on with you guys putting stickers on our cars? He said, hey, it was magnetic and it looks better with it. <laughs> That nice. is awesome. Nice. What a great troll. Look, we're all geeks here. So, Vincennes, you know what I need and I want. You've got an AMD laptop. You've got my attention. I love AMD. So, let's get into the specs. Tell me about the hardware that's inside this machine. Well, um, obviously, it's a bit unfortunate. So, it does not have an Intel CPU. So, that's a big bummer for you, I guess. <laughs> It's a bummer. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. We're all depressed. We're getting that super fast 7 nanometer AMD chip in there. It's it's very depressing. But just tell us about it anyways, even though we'll be sad. 
<laughs> so uh, in, in a bit more serious way, um, what we are currently planning is 15.6 inch um, laptop uh, with uh, AMD Ryzen 5. It's uh, the 3500U nice. uh, unit, uh, four cores, eight threads, of course, and it's combined with an with an Vega 8 graphic, two gigabytes of shared memory. And the whole machine will uh, be capable of up to 32 gigabytes of RAM. Awesome. It will have one slot that is capable of PCI Express or SATA 3. Nice. And the other one is only with PCI Express. So there are two M2 slots. Uh, the connectors, the ports, one USB-A with uh, USB 2.0 and two USB-A ports with 3.2 Gen 1. Well, you've and... already beat all MacBook Pros with the amount of ports that you have. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to make it even better, there will be an USB-C port 3.2 Gen 1. Nice. And uh, HDMI. 2.2.0 with ADCP abilities, audio ports, and full-fledged uh, gigabit LAN port, of course. Did you hear Wi-Fi. that, Noah? They're going to have a Freedom port. That's uh, It takes courage. It takes courage to it actually have a courage jack, an audio jack these days. Yeah, absolutely. How many it's dongles great. is it coming with? Yeah, how many dongles? <laughs> you don't need dongles. They actually have ports. I know it's weird, <laughs> but they made a laptop that has ports. It's strange. It's, it's crazy talk right here. Yeah. It's so does it have backlit keyboard as well? Uh, yeah, it's ha- it has a backlit keyboard with a white backlit, uh, Wi-Fi, of course, and a webcam, HD webcam. And one of the things I personally really like about it is it will have a battery with 91 uh, watt hours of power. Hey. So yeah, that that's going to go a long way on an AMD Ryzen chip along with that because it's very power not power hungry cpu in there and then you've got a lot of power behind it that's awesome yeah, that's awesome. so what kind of chassis is this machine have is it plastic is it a aluminum chassis what kind of chassis does it have it's uh, magnesium nice. the, the lid and, and the cover is magnesium and the bottom is aluminium oh that makes the me only- so happy you're checking all the right boxes here Very and it nice. comes with a nice box look at that it looks like a piece too uh, four. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's all about the details. That's right. So, so let me ask you this: as far you know, the 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 hardware sounds appealing. The package sounds appealing. I understand that this laptop is one that is going to be shipping with AMD, and AMD made for laptop, made specifically for laptops and Linux. What are some of the advantages you're seeing with the AMD Ryzen and Manjaro pair? Manjaro pairing. The one thing that is, I guess, the, the most important thing is the, the rolling nature of Manjaro. Uh, always have the, the latest kernel versions available, um, which is a thing we often struggle with uh, the fixed release distributions. We're shipping relatively modern hardware. But it, that's something uh, yeah applies both to AMD and Intel. Um, our machines are always with the latest generations of the CPUs and uh, all that stuff. So you have to make sure you get relatively new uh, kernel versions so everything is running fine and battery life is is better than with earlier kernel versions, etc. So that's something 
Manjaro fulfills there very good. So yeah, that's that's one of the major points. The other things are, I call it the soft points. Somehow it's uh, both the community and the cooperation with Manjaro, the devs uh, are very reachable uh, in comparison to other distributions and they're very open for marketing stuff as well the whole team around phil understands what is important to get linux and linux machines to the customers and the third thing is customer pressure people keep asking and asking and asking both the fanboys of mancharo and Sorry. The, Sorry. the regular users <laughs> Um, they, they're keen to get Manjaro on our machines. We told them, well, you can install it by yourself. And, but lots of people just want to get the service we do to install Manjaro right away from the order point. So there is just customer pressure there. I, I want to expand upon one of your points that you made there regarding needing a rolling distro for the latest hardware and that being a big advantage there. So this is something I've talked about a lot on the show. What are some of the issues as a technology hardware company that you run into in, in this route if it's not a rolling distro? First of all, we, we need to make sure that the kernel versions are up to date, like the distros deliver them. But on the other hand, we need to ship um, newer kernel versions but they are not either not supported by the distro itself or are not tested as well there are fields where we are getting into which might be troublesome for the customers and we have to rely on the distributions mostly um, as we have to take care for the hardware and and to get all the bits together so we we just can't do full-fledged kernel development or own and we have to rely on the distributions. And with uh, 18.4.3 kernel versions, which didn't support newer Wi-Fi modules, the, the AX200 Intel stuff, um, but we, we couldn't get other modules from our uh, companies that deliver the, the hardware to us. So we're somewhere in trouble there. And we we had to, to go around and, and, and get older models just to make sure the stuff works. And we had to wait for 18.4.4, the HWE upgrade. And this took, I guess, two months where we couldn't ship newer hardware even we have them on stock just because of there are no updates uh, available from the kernel versions from ubuntu right that's uh, an example where uh, manjaro wouldn't have been the problem yeah i think that's a great point and i love that you brought in something other than amd because obviously amd relies on a lot of the newer kernel modules and mesa drivers but there are also a bunch of other components in there that are being loaded into the kernel, like you said, the Wi-Fi modules and others that also you need later kernel modules and hardware enablement. And on a non-rolling distro, you've got this great brand new hardware out there that won't run unless you have something that's pulling that down. So that's a great point. So, uh, Philip, can you tell us more about the optimizations that you have for, for this AMD hardware? Like, what are you doing in Manjaro to make sure that it is as optimized as possible for the, the, the new approach? Well, most people say, hey, AMD is not working on a laptop. So 
for example, uh, this laptop is now closed. And uh, if I open it up and press the button, it uh, starts up. By the way, this is a big deal. What Philip's showing right now is the laptop was in sleep mode. He opened up the lid. And then it with if those who have played with Ryzen-based laptops, that sleep mode generally is not functional without some tweaks, and depending on the distro and things you're running. And it looks like Manjaro has that working. Nice. So I can close it and open it and close it, no problem. Nice. So it's one of the things, and we make sure that network parts and stuff is working. So, so that's the laptop uh, mock-up right there. And I know you want to put it behind you, but I want you to hand it to me if you can through the screen. But uh, what is the name of this laptop? What's the official name going to be? Well, uh, we are still thinking about a name. I think it's uh, based on the business line. It will be... DOS Geek. I love it. Good choice. BA15, something like that. Okay, so you're just you're not you're not going to go with an exciting like Threadripper for AMD or something. You need you need something. Michael can help you with that. Yeah, I was thinking something <laughs> like a Destination Manjaro laptop, something like that. Destination Manjaro <laughs> laptop. <laughs> I think it could be like Core Ripper laptop. You know, you need yeah. something well, like really. If you see here, there's an X, and this is lasered on. So if you want to have a destinated Linux laptop, then uh, Tuxedo can laser it on or laser your... <laughs> Perfect. It's already your, there. It's it's ha- it's, ha- it's almost there. Or the, the keyboard. If you want Klingon on it, we can do Klingon. It's no problem. That is so amazing. So, Vincennes, on that note, the customization capabilities when somebody orders one of these laptops are that... They could laser a logo on there if they want Manjaro, if they want Destination Linux, which I'd recommend, or even my face. <laughs> you could laser that onto the laptop. Why wouldn't anybody want that? Yeah. I mean, of I course. think everybody would. Of course. Yeah, well, there there is hardly any limit of what we can do. I guess, Ryan, lasering your face is something uh, the laser software refuses. Get. Yeah. Refuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's it not breaks. a limitation of its capability. It just refuses. It's yeah, not, it, it goes. It's about. It's, like, it's about to start. And like, uh, no, no, I won't do this. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, to keep it serious, we are lasering the whole stuff on the devices on our own. We have a, a full laser unit in our assembling nice. department. We can we can laser the the lid. We can laser the bezel or, or the part below the screen of the bezel and we can laser the the keyboard so what we need is uh, some vector graphics file which needs to pass our qa that should not be too hard and uh, then it's ready to go now how much does that cost in addition to the laptop it's 79 euros per uh, lasered logo. So if you have a logo that is lasered just on the cover, that's 79 euros. If you have the same logo lasered also on the bezel, uh, the price will get reduced a bit as it's something we, we just need to do once and uh, to, to prepare the logo for the lasering and uh, the laser work itself is calculated a bit different. So in generally, um, 79 euros. And you can customize the whole keyboard. So obviously you're not going to have a Windows key on this uh, super key on, on this laptop, but you can customize that to be something else if you wanted it to be than what it comes standard, which I would assume is the Manjaro. 
Yeah, um, on our regular machines, we have a small uh, penguin on the super key, which is also lasered on every model. And with the Manjaro edition uh, devices, we're lasering the Manjaro logo. And you can have something on your own, but you can also get the, the full keyboard lasered. Um, the process is very, very simple and straightforward. If you want to do that, uh, ask our sales and support team. They will send you a, a template and you can replace the, the lasered characters on the, on the keyboard by yourself. Or you give us something like a template or, or just, just a JPEG or whatever, and we can prepare that for you as well. Nice. So talking about the optimizations, Philip, are you doing, we talked to this week as you were teasing me saying, ah, ha, 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 I have your text here. I have this laptop and you can't, which I thought was pretty rude. <laughs> but beside that, you told me you're doing some optimizations, probably I'm teasing, in gaming and stuff as well, right? Well, I played some games, so it works really good. I played uh, Doom works or Tomb Raider works, so it's uh, running smooth, smoother than uh, the old NVIDIA graphics card I had in my desktop machine. So you can use it also for games, uh, but the advertising is more regarding business because the long-lasting battery and stuff. So Winston did some uh, battery check tests. Uh, I think he came up, up to 24 hours when he had 50% of the of the monitor down and uh, the Wi-Fi out and stuff like that, he could uh, watch some uh, videos on VCL and stuff like that. But he can tell you more. Uh, I was about 12 hours something with normal usage. So I think the new kernels uh, we tested out uh, working better. So we, a long battery life tested out. That's an amazing battery life example there. So... I guess moving on to another subject, tell me more about the relationship between Tuxedo and Manjaro. It sounds like you guys saw each other at some conferences, maybe did some trolling back and forth. But obviously, at some point, you came together and said, you know, the Manjaro team, I'll start with you, Philip, that this is something you'd be interested in as a relationship to have hardware. Why is that important for the Manjaro team in, in your mind? Yeah, generally, if you have a distribution, then it's just uh, the, the OS, uh, the operating system. And uh, if it gets pre-installed on hardware, so we did it also with Pine64, the Pinebook Pro coming up now will have Mancharo on it. And also we decided longer before that even uh, to have it with uh, Tuxedo. And before that, uh, we got approached by Station X, which was a London-based company. And there we did... Uh, all the things we had to do to get the Mancharo hardware out there. But since uh, the company only shipped to uh, Europe and uh, mostly the UK, it didn't kick off. And uh, Tuxedo is more larger than this uh, small startup and uh, can even ship to the US and uh, Canada. So nice. I think the audience is... Uh, greater, better, and since Mancharo is a brand now and it's worldwide known, uh, people not only in Europe will buy the laptops, uh, they might also buy it from the States and Canada as well. The growth of Mancharo has been incredible. I was doing some research I was sharing with Michael this week and just looking at Steam statistics in the distro that people are utilizing for gaming in Linux and Mancharo was second on the entire list of all the distros out there, which was incredible. If you think about the growth that you have had over the years, 
So your next step essentially is to get the hardware out there with Manjaro on it, as well as your next growth start, because a lot of people you're probably finding don't want to go buy a laptop and then find out maybe they bought some weird off-brand laptop that doesn't work with the distro they want to. They just want to get a laptop with Manjaro on it, open it up and start playing. Exactly. So we, we, we always uh, look to the right partners because we are more or less a software company. So we don't do hardware itself or we don't do sales, even if I learned doing sales myself. So that's why uh, Vincent's also told uh, you before and you guys uh, that we know how the end customer is uh, looking at uh, the operating system and how to use it. So uh, that's one of our skills as well. But uh, they are the hardware company. So if we can do the better software tweaking in the kernels and they have no time to do that, then why not partner up with us as their software partner and we can uh, tweak the kernels as needed. And if they have a problem like uh, the Wi-Fi or something like that, we have a really short uh, distance. It's uh, 50 kilometers. So we can even go in the same room and say, hey, this is, doesn't work. And uh, then I come over to their company in Oxford and uh, we will do a little sprint. And uh, in one day, this problem is uh, solved and uh, the customer is happy. And uh, so they can go on and this helps us, this helps them. That's that's a good thing that we are so near from distance even. Yeah. And so Vincennes, from your perspective, why Manjaro? Why did you want to get that partnership going? I can repeat what what Phil just said. So it's a logical thing. Um, In the end, we are interested in getting our hardware to the customers and to give them uh, a full flavored and perfect Linux experience. And with uh, Manjaro and Phil and his team, that was something that looked possible. And in the end, it turned out as a, a very good choice for us. So we could um, just just somehow merge our own powers and the powers of the Manjaro team to give customers something they are really, really profiting from. We have experience with um, automated uh, rollout of, of systems and we have uh, a huge team for uh, both developing and assembling and RMA and all that stuff. And we have the logistics on our side. and. Phil and his team are having experience or had experience with the development of an an distribution for years now. So that's just a logical way to go. Love it. Venzins, Tuxedo Computers is building this Manjar-based laptop and Tuxedo has been offering uh, laptop solutions in the Linux space for many years. What makes your laptops different than some of the other Linux-specific laptops out there? Well, first of all, um, our laptops have uh, the ability to have uh, Ryan's face on them. <laughs> gonna sell, you're going to sell millions on that. that, that yeah, that covered or, it immediately. That's all, yeah. that's all that matters. Or, it's, or at least one that I'm going to buy with my face laser on it. Yeah. No, seriously, it's we we have the experience with working with uh, delivering producing uh, companies in in China or Taiwan. And we have been working with them for about 15 years now. Tuxedo Computers was founded in 2004 and since then growed into the Linux hardware business. It started out as a company just selling merch stuff in, in the first place. 
And relatively soon, people kept asking uh, what laptops are good, what hardware do you recommend? Uh, couldn't you just put things together and I can buy them from you? So that's where it started out. And that's something um, we're, we're quite fond of as it's a basis for the customers they can rely on, the, the experience we, we have. And the laptops itself, we are offering a quite a broad range from small 13.3-inch uh, laptops up to 17-inch uh, laptops both with or without uh, NVIDIA graphics. So if you're into whatever deep learning or CUDA stuff, uh, you can get machines from us pre-installed with Linux. So you don't have to uh, handle all that stuff uh, by yourself. And on the other hand, you get uh, a huge services package around uh, the machine you buy from us. Uh, every machine we deliver gets a full two years of warranty. That's something not every uh, vendor does. Most of the vendors just have one year of warranty. Even You even can extend the warranty up to five years. That's at an uh, additional fee, but uh, we are giving out the warranty of five, five years on the machines. You can switch out uh, components by yourself. You're uh, explicitly allowed to open the machines. Um, you won't void any warranty rights you have. You can open the machines, swap out uh, pieces. You can clean the machines inside. Uh, if they have a fan, just uh, blow out the dust and close the machine afterwards. And Wait, I want to stop you right there because that's fascinating to me. One of the things that when I look at laptops and I have my list of things that makes a great laptop, one of the most important things that most all YouTube reviewers, almost all reviews and print media, everything misses repairability. And being able to repair it yourself. Are you, you're saying that you don't void the warranty for people opening the back case and blowing it out and doing basic maintenance that they need to do on that? Did I hear that correctly? Exactly. That's um, amazing. I keep, I, I keep uh, reading about uh, the rights to repair stuff. And mm -hmm. every time I see it, I think, yeah, well, come to us. You will get your <laughs> right to repair right away. Uh, there's no need for any laws. Just uh, buy stuff from us. Nice. Um, I'm not joking. That right there is a bigger selling point than anything you've told me to this point. That is one of the biggest selling points. And and one of the and one of the brand key differentiators, right? I'm not sure there's another company out there, Linux or otherwise, that's doing that. I am not 100% sure, but most of the vendors uh, don't do that. To to expand that a bit, we we have an interest that people are happy with their machines. So if they what, can wait, what? Why would why, that's an important piece of your company? That's shocking. What? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. they don't just say that in some branded right? text on their website. It's, it's actually They're actually putting doing it into the infrastructure. Yeah. yeah, and like I kind of want you to have like a sticker still on the screw part where it just like go ahead, just break through it. We're good with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Now to to keep it with a simple example, if. If a customer is happy with his laptop and the the fan gathers dust and he can just open the machine, pull out the, the dust with a vacuum machine and the machine runs perfectly fine for the next two, three, four, five years, he will buy again from us. It's it's that simple. So um, if we are giving out the the possibility to the customers to repair or to to maintain the machines fully by themselves, it's something 
we will profit in the long term from. I'm, I'm just smiling big over here. The right to repair is something so overlooked in the industry. And we have a Hardware Addicts podcast where we talk about hardware all the time. And it's our big thing, whether it's a phone, whether it's a laptop we're talking about, can you repair it? That's one of the big scoring items. We wanted to bring the hardware that's not out there in any reviews. And it's so important because so many companies are taking that away. They're, they're making different screws so that you can't get into it yourself. You have to buy special screwdrivers. They're putting paint on those screws. They're putting stickers on top of that. Then they're gluing everything down so that if you do take it off, they have all this proof that you dare touched your machine and tried to get air out of it or get dust out of it. And so now they've voided your warranty and they don't have to support you anymore. And that is such a frustration, not with just laptops, but all hardware. And I can't tell you how refreshing it is to hear uh, you got a new customer for me on that. Because to me, that's just something that's missing so much in, in this industry right now that people aren't talking about enough of. So, Well, and here's, here's the thing though that. too, right? When you're a small business and you look into the viability of supporting a given laptop, if you have a company that says, hey, we'll just ship you the parts. We trust that you're an IT guy. We trust that you're not a swap, a hard drive, swap some RAM, that kind of thing. Uh, we'll just send you the RAM. You go ahead and throw it in there. Those are the the, the, the ability to open that computer up and get in there and look at things and, and troubleshoot like, you actually own the thing is incredible from a business standpoint along those lines i'd like to ask and if you said this i I apologize does this laptop have a thunderbolt port on it and have you tried it with docking and how does that work you you're referring to the amd machine phil showed you yes no it does not have a thunderbolt port but it has usb type c port and to be honest, I haven't tried the docking uh, stuff with some uh, Display Link uh, dock yet, but I assume it should work fine. But no guarantee given there yet. But sure. uh, as soon as I have the time, I find the time, I'll have a look. We are offering some uh, USB Display Link docking station as well uh, right now, and it worked right out of the box with uh, the Intel machine. So I assume it should work with the amd machine as yeah well. yeah I, I would assume so too and uh, i've had very good luck with uh with the the usb based docking stations like the dell wd16 and so on and so forth uh, so uh this is kind of a w- weird question basically are there going to be any opportunities for people to who don't like making good decisions and would want a, dish, uh, an app, a hardware that doesn't have manjaro coming with it for some reason <laughs> Uh, would they want? Is there a possibility for them to get a laptop, the same laptop that the Manjaro one, if they wanted to have it where it just came with the, you know, like no either no OS or just you know whatever that my other options, you know, per, if they make bad decisions, you know. Yeah, sure. We we uh, currently we are offering Ubuntu eighteen point four and OpenSUSE Leap with all our machines and even without any OS um, pre-installed. You can even get the machine with the dual boot if you really, really don't know how to make sane decisions. And... <laughs> like say you're somebody who buys a stool, you know, that, that kind right. of person probably would That's actually do. perfect because if they don't know if they want to sit or stand, they might not know if they if the, which distribution they want to which use. Distribution. That's true. That's, ergon- that's ergon- ergonomic computing, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not referring to the stool topic, but more to the topic where people uh, would like to have their own face on their laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you can't throw it back. We make fun of Michael. Let me help. We didn't explain this earlier. We only make fun of Michael on this show. You're not allowed to make fun of me. Yeah, so. that, that's not a rule that we've established ever. So let's not <laughs> let's not make it now. <laughs> 
So, Philip, for all the fans of Manjaro, and I would say that base is growing by the day, does purchasing one of these laptops help support the overall mission of Manjaro? So just cutting it short, does Manjaro get a cut of the profits here? So if I buy one of these, I know I'm not only supporting the great work Tuxedo Computers is doing, but I'm getting some money over to Manjaro as well. Well, we have a partnership, so um, all developers will get also, we get the, the machines, for example, so we can develop Manjaro on it and optimize it. So um, I have several uh, Tuxedo laptops on my bench and we will ship it out to other developers of the Manjaro team. So if I'm finished with one of the laptops, then we switch it. And in the end, if the laptop is out of stock, uh, we will decide with uh, Tuxedo what we do with the laptops. Either we donate them or we give it to a charity or something like that. Right here. So, I'm, I'm a charity. <laughs> you are charity. <laughs> Very nice. Well, uh, it's uh, it's always uh, open. So uh, Tuxedo itself is on many many trade shows and to support the Linux community, although with uh, with laptops uh, for schools and stuff like that. So if there are some laboratory and they need uh, laptops and so on, they will say, "Hey, how many?" and uh, go with it. So everybody has a benefit. So also the open mind of open source is in there. So we will find a way so every project and companies have a benefit out of it if you or somebody else buys a Manchao laptop. I think that's important. I think everybody you know, wants to, I think there's going to be, obviously, Tuxedo Computers has a lot of fans, a lot of fans of Manjaro. I think knowing that when you get one of these, you get to support both at the same time is, is pretty cool. Exactly. So it's uh, that what we also do with uh, Pine 64. So there will be soon a Pine phone out there with uh, Manjaro on it. And we have the pine book. So you make my heart sink every, every time you hold up these pieces of hardware. I want. <laughs> want those I'm, things. I'm drooling right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're working with Pine sixty four to get Manjaro on there as well for their pine phone. Also, yes, it's uh, will coming up at some point this year as well. So and we can actually uh, do a phone call. So that what uh, Bruce currently <laughs> not can do. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Not Man, all phones can what, make what phone calls. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, this is the question for both of you. So we'll start with Philip. Uh, what is some of your favorite features of the device, this, of this laptop? Well, it is powerful. You can have a long-lasting battery, and it's uh, AMD Ryzen. I have most hardware based on AMD, so my workstation is based on AMD Ryzen because I can compile kernels faster. But Intel itself, if you want to have an, a laptop also long-lasting, like the one we're recording now, it's fanless, and uh, it's uh, lasting also 12 hours. You can simply put together, and if you forgot it until you bad, then nothing happens. It doesn't burn out. So it depends which hardware is uh, used in the laptop, and Tuxedo Computers has uh, made the great choices to to use uh, the hardware in the purpose cases uh, the user wants to have them. So if you want to have a powerful machine with NVIDIA graphics in it and you need it for CUDA, there's even a special edition by Tuxedo with the software configured. I think it's based on Ubuntu. So if you go for automotive and stuff like that, uh, those companies can buy a Tuxedo computer Utilized similar to the K Focus with a special edition of uh, Ubuntu with all the great uh, latest hardware and software on it. 
so he can be productive right away. And this is one of the keys to Xilu has and not other companies. Like if you're a company and you want your own laptops and you want to stick your brand on it from your company itself, you can go to Tuxedo, order them, and you have your company laptops there. So it's not a Lenovo. I know what you're thinking, Noah. You know, you could have your whole company now with branded with, laptops. Well, I was thinking I could have my whole company with your face on the laptop. But yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Naturally. Hey, let me, you know, in, in all seriousness, though, who is the target audience of this laptop? Who are you trying to sell to? Because because obviously um, there are people that will buy laptops based on principle alone. There are people that are will buy laptops based on what it supports. Uh, Ryan apparently buys laptops based on how fast he can tear into it and how much you'll penalize him for fixing his mistakes after he breaks it open um you know who is the target audience for that specific laptop it's more like the business line so that's like offices and uh, stuff you can do a little bit video editing on it and casual gaming but if you're really a gamer uh, there are other powerful laptops out there but since they started with a low-based amd ryzen maybe in future if that uh, sells well uh, they might get uh, different models as well and then we can optimize it also more uh, to gaming and have a better hardware in it so yes as someone who's played with uh, several other variations of ryzen laptops out there that cpu and vega 8 graphics is actually quite capable of gaming pretty impressively really it it's it's not a gaming it laptop and it's not geared for that it's not made but you're gonna you were playing doom 2016 for instance on it i mean it's it's pretty crazy what that thing can run yeah it's also not uh, blasting overly hard so I compiled a kernel. It took me the 5.6 kernel, the latest RC. took me one hour with the eight threads. Uh, the laptop went up to 80 grad Celsius. Uh, you feel it a little bit, but you didn't burn your fingers. So it was capable to even do some heavy compiling on it. But the design is more for office work and the fan, you don't hear it. And the design is backfiring. It's fired uh, the, the heat behind the, the screen. So you should not put something behind the laptop, but if you have something under the laptop, it's no problem because it's uh, backfiring the fence. So this oh, that's a fantastic design is, idea. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. I, I, I've seen some laptops that have like the weirdest thing where they have the side venting and like the bottom venting. You're like, the only place that I'm not interacting with it is the back of it. And that's where, what, why are you like, I'm even holding it with my hand is just p- putting heat on my hands. Like what a kind of weird design. So I'm really well, happy. Some, it, it actually is. There's has some a well-known reasonable... <laughs> laptops that the heat dissipation goes up through where the screen is and it actually burns the screen actually creates genius the screen <laughs> because all the heat's coming right up through there that it's there's amazing how dumb some of the designs are for uh heat I'm, I'm always a fan of the ones that uh, that fire the uh the heat right into your lap yeah. yes yeah that's wonderful yeah. you know and then the, the bottom <laughs> it's an aluminum laptop so it heats up and so all of a sudden you're like man i'm glad i had all the kids i was gonna have because after using this thing <laughs> So the audience who wants to get their hands on this, obviously this podcast is heard throughout, uh, I don't know, what are we, 134 or more countries now. So what countries can you not ship to Vincennes? Who who can't get their hands on maybe easier than who can or who do you currently ship to? 
Currently, we're shipping to most countries. I guess uh, to shipping to Russia is complicated because you, you can't ship batteries to Russia that easily. So that might be a bit troublesome. But uh, all in all, wherever uh, DHL or UPS is delivering, we can ship there as well. Fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. And also, when, when can we expect to get our hands on the new device? I'd expect, expect it to be fully tested and uh, ready to be shipped in around a month or so. so oh, wow. In, in, in definitely in, in the first half of 2020, for sure. Very nice. Like Sometimes we'll see companies you know, announce something and then, like uh, for example, there's been some laptops from HP or like Palm will make new devices back in the day. Like, hey, you can get this device and it, a year goes by and like, we're still working on it. Like September 2021. Not... <laughs> I've lost all my excitement. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's awesome that it's going to be having that, that quickly. And, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, it's especially like I, I assume that the laser etching is, is very quickly so that Ryan can get his, his laser faced etched on there so that he can have it. What? I'm not going to do this. Yes, I will. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, if you don't, I will and we'll just trade. <laughs> Why does so, everyone want my face on their laptop? <laughs> the Dark question boy. you should be asking is why wouldn't yeah exactly want your face on it just their laptop? seems wasteful. Otherwise, like the, you have so much opportunity and you're just going to throw it away with a with a, with a brand. You there's could so you much could space have, on that. He's not throwing anything away. He's ordering one. I'm ordering five. <laughs> I'm ordering five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about the price? What uh, what are we what what can we expect for price on this thing? Below eight hundred and fifty euros. With uh, wow. Horizon, of course, and eight gigabytes of RAM, two hundred fifty gigabytes of uh, SSD storage. That's our our base configuration for all machines. We always do two hundred fifty gigabytes of uh, SSD and eight gigabytes of RAM. So below there is no way, and there's also no uh, below i five CPU in that matter. So that's we we want the machines to be. Uh, powerful enough to get started and not to have the price lower like other vendors do as they ship a machine and tell you wow the machine is available for below 1000 euros and then you have an, a laptop with an i3 and four gigabytes of ram right <laughs> whoever that needs now uh, for the amd machine it will stick around 850 euros that's amazing. more likely below 850 that's a fantastic price point, I think, for that laptop and those specs. It depends on the, on the customization. So if you laser your face, then it will be more expensive. But well, not with the coupon cool. code you're about to send me for face lasering. So it'll be <laughs> like $20 off to maybe, put my face on Maybe it. that we should. that's the name of Normally the Normally 79 but if you get Ryan's face on it, it's it's $69. That's what yeah. it should be. We could, yeah. we could suggest the name, like the name of the laptop model. It could be Laserface. You know, it could be, Laserface. It could be that. <laughs> So how can people keep up to date on the progress of this? So I'm sure a lot of people like me got goosebumps. We're ready to hit the buy button. When are we, where can we track when we can get our hands on this and get updates on, on the status? Well, the, the, the current laptop, the IB15 Pro with uh, the Mancharo edition in red and Intel i5 and i7, you can actually uh, pre-order right now. You can go to the homepage. I can send you the link and yes. buy the Intel machine and uh, the AMD most likely in one 
or two months uh, the same way. We will tweet it for sure on both channels, on Tuxedo and on Mancharo. And yes, most likely the hottest news on the Twitter on both our companies and for sure on the homepages and uh, in the forums. Fantastic. Nice. And we'll also be probably letting people know about it as well on our stuff too, because you know we're super excited, especially to get the new laser face model. So since a lot of people listen to this as a podcast, if they want to see what this machine looks like, they want to check out the specs, can they see it right now on Tuxedo Computer's website or Manjaro's website to take a look at it? The AMD, not yet, because we're still testing and we're configurating the bias and stuff. After testing and the finalization is done, uh, I assume, yes, they will be visible at the Tuxedo homepage as okay. well. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. And, and one of the things I'm looking at the laptop right now, obviously the Intel edition, that is a, another factor that I didn't realize for a long time was important to me until I got a laptop with a small bezel. This bezel looks very small. Is that in case, is that actually the case where the bezel's very tiny like that, like an infinity yes. screen almost? That's yeah. fantastic. And uh, if everybody says Intel is bad, as have the Team A and the other stuff there, you can go to the BIOS and disable uh, the security stuff by Intel and you are free. And the Intel uh, BIOS itself is customized, so almost every settings uh, you can adjust. And uh, if you need help uh, with uh, the adjusting, you can uh, call uh, Tuxedo up and then a real person picks it up and uh, walks you through everything. And if there's some update issue, you can call them. And uh, if it's a special uh, Manjaro problem, we also have a phone number. You can call us and uh, we can help you as well. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, you talk about earlier. You talking about how you have. You were mentioning how the the forums are very active and everything, and to have a phone number that they can call to actually get direct help is like I I shocked by that. Like I don't really. Well, as Philip knows I've always had that support from Philip because I just telegram him directly and like, hey, this isn't. What do I do? Like he has nothing else to do in the world but support me. I pretend, and and he helps me every time. I so. think that's how he gets you back. Is you like you you you're you're spending so much of his time. It's like, well, l- speaking of spending my time, look at the stuff you can't have. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and also uh, we want to thank you for both for coming on the show to talk about Very the new much. project. Uh, it's it's really cool, and uh, we want to thank Tuxedo Computers and Manjaro team for all the work you're doing in the open source community as well, and pushing Linux forward because it's very important to us, obviously. And we are ha- we're really excited to, to learn all about what you're doing with the project, and also the, especially like the 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 rights to repair. The right, that was yeah, the rights to repair. The actually having the like the fact that you when you want to fix something, you don't have to send it in just to like just so you don't mess up a sticker. Uh, so that's that's awesome. And uh, we, yeah, we want to thank you both for coming on, uh, Vincent and Philip. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. You guys really did on this, um, Vincent. You checked all the right boxes. I could tell you're in tune with the community and what's happening with laptops out there. The bezel, the backlit keyboard, the big trackpad. The very bright screens, the having the aluminum or magnesium chass- chassis, the, the long battery life, obviously, on top of that, and, and the matte screen being very important. Like everything that I think of as these are major factors for me buying a laptop, and I have a lot of them, and I buy a lot of them. You've really checked a lot of these boxes, which is awesome. And you also checked a lot of the boxes that I look for in, in great hardware by 
checking Ryan's boxes and he tells me what to get. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all for coming on, really. And uh, anytime you want to come on to talk about updates or anything with this, let us know. Christoph writes us to say, Dear Emma, Michael, Noah, Ryan, and Zeb ordered alphabetically to avoid start flameware. So I think they just threw everyone in there that's been on the show uh, in the past or currently just to make sure they have it covered, which I love. They said, I'm fond of your show and feel related to the point of view so much. I believe I'd won Destination Linux bingo if it existed. That needs to be a thing. If somebody wants to create (laughs) that out in the community, we'll allow it. Uh, Uses Ryzen and AMD, Team Red for the win. So you've just, you know, whatever you're going to say next is automatically truth. Find XFCE to be the ultimate desktop. You're just singing to me here. My heart's hurting. I'm just going to have tears. Okay. He gets it. He really gets it. Uh, have no idea how blockchain works despite multiple attempts to learn about it. And I use Arch, by the way. Uh, once again, the universal app formats topic surfaced. I found myself speaking up uh, probably at the radio saying they all suck. So that's interesting. Before I switched to Arch, I was heavy user of Ubuntu since 10.04. Recently wanted to install Ocular and goes through a whole experience with you know different issues and mix matches and everything. He breaks it down that Flatpak pulls a gazillion of dependencies if you try to print the PDF. The app crashes. It's known flat pack bug for years. Snap version prints, but cannot use duplex. Oh, and highlighted text is obscured by gray box when printed. App image is outdated and abandoned. I even installed it inside LXD container and use Voodoo incantations to allow XStack to run it. It works, but due to many glitches, the overall experience is unpleasant. So say what you want about them, but it all boils down to this. They don't yet deliver. You can praise the technology, but the reality is harsh. Now I'm just Pac-Man, yay. Dash S away from having what I want. Keep being yourself and carry on the ground or the good work despite hard times. Please consider sharing a few simple facts to alleviate the spread of COVID-19 as he's a doctor. Maintain social distance six feet away. Do not touch your mouth, nose, or eyes. You've just washed your hands for at least 20 seconds with water and soap. Rapidly consult first by phone if possible. Medical professionals, if you're having dry cough, shortness of breath, cough at your sleeve, elbow pit, avoid touching anyone and take care. So very nice message and appreciate you sharing that info with us. I mean, I I agree to an extent, but I also disagree. I think that obviously as these packages grow in popularity, they're going to work through those bugs and those issues and they're going to get better. It already has. They've gotten a million times better themselves. So I don't think they suck per se at by any stretch of the imagination, but sure, there are things when you're utilizing one or the other that are limiters, but I think they'll fix them. I also think that, you know, in different perspectives, depending on what you're you're using, there are going to be different support levels of various different packages formats. And, and I would actually say that so far with my experience, I love all, all the formats. I mean, I think there are problems with them all for sure. They all have technical issues here and there. They might not have the best theming in some cases or whatever, but I think that the idea of them is not only that they they are useful. I mean, the app images are often when I see an app image, I'm just I'm happy that I can use an app image. Or when I see the snaps, I can just eat, quickly install a snap, and it's really nice to have that option, whatever, whatever, regardless of what distribution you're using. And I I love that is being done. I also think that these formats are not only are not only that they're they're useful and they do actually work in a lot of ways. They're incredibly important incredibly important. There are some times where for many years, you know, Linux as an ecosystem has to deal with whether it has the software for the users. And this allows those companies and projects to build the software without having to target dozens and dozens of different package formats. And also the best example I want to give about that is when 
I've actually done support software development in my project management on different uh, programs for Linux. I've also talked with companies who have given me their opinion on whether or not they would support Linux. And they typically would say, like, we don't have the amount of resources that it would take to actually support this, the, the platform. And the typical reason is because if you support uh, Linux, you also have to support a variety of different distributions. You can't just support Ubuntu and be okay because there's going to be a lot of different distributions that are going to give that company hate for only picking one distribution. So it creates this issue where they, if they support Debs, they also have to support RPMs. If they support either, either one of those, they also have to support the tar.xes for Arch or the EOPKGs for Solus or whatever other format that exists. There's just so many of them that a company would be like, I'd rather not even get in the ecosystem than to have to deal with all that headache. And there's even issues of headache inside of the same distro, because if you make a package for Ubuntu 18.04, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for the 20.04 that's coming out or right. the 19.10 or whatever. There's so many different variables that if you can say there's three options, you could pick the app image, the snap, the flat pack, and they will practically work on every distribution that Linux has, then the company would be like, oh, I can just use one? Then that's awesome that I can consider it now. Versus What's really the cool in Manjaro, never. by the way, is when you go into the software store, you have the option to turn on the AUR. And I agree with what he's saying here, that the AUR allows you to get nearly every software package you want. But even in the software store in Manjaro, you have the option now to check snaps as well. So you have snap support, flat pack support, app image support, of course, and you have the AUR, which makes it pretty much any software you can dream of, you're going to have your hands on. I think that's very cool that they they built that into there. He yes. does ask a question here, though, that he wants an answer. He wants to start a medical podcast as a medical doctor to give concise and factual information about disease spreading and issues like that going on around the world. He wants some advice on setting up audio in Linux. This podcast is very different because it utilizes video and that creates a ton, as Noah will tell you from his experience of technical issues and problems and things that people who don't use video and just do audio podcasts don't have to deal with. So my first advice is don't do a video podcast right. um, because now you tell me to, to it's literally issues. it's literally not possible today for us to do this show using open source software. Like that sucks, but that's the real, that's the thing we're in. We literally have a story that we're going to well, talk about. Technically, about, yeah. Cause zoom. I mean, about, right. the, I mean, here's the thing, either we do or we don't. Right. And so I was thinking we, like, yeah, I do OBS. I have Caden live. I'll write zoom as a piece. Right, yeah, that's, We that's have true. some open source software, but I'm saying like, we can't, it's not a hundred percent. That's true. Right. And so we're going to talk about a story of the privacy implications of the software that we have to have just to be able to do this show. So there, and the thing about audio is audio is is really mature on Linux, very, very mature to the point that there are probably some tools that will put you ahead of the game doing it on Linux than you would anywhere else. You start looking at things like Pipewire and the, the capabilities that, that, are, that exist today, but also are coming on Linux and, and you're set up to succeed. I would recommend you do a couple of things. I would recommend that you get a solid audio interface, a solid microphone, a solid, head, uh, solid set of headphones. And then if you were doing the podcast yourself, I would just start with Audacity. It's a very easy yes. way to get started. Very easy way to, to lay some content down. And, and I'd sign up for a Fireside account and, to, and, and release it that way. If you have a guest, if you have somebody that's going to join you remotely, I'd recommend you something called Source Connect, which is a free site. doesn't require anything to be installed on the computer. The nice thing about it is 
in, unlike Zoom or Hangouts or all the things that are designed for conferences, web conferences, Source Connect is specifically designed to capture very high bitrate audio. Um, using Source Connect, it's indistinguishable. Uh, the audio of somebody that's remote versus the audio of somebody who's present. And it also allows you to do individual channel recording. And so if somebody, if somebody makes a mistake or you have to do some editing, everybody comes out on their own track. Uh, and so highly, highly recommend that site for I doing I think that's uh, perfect advice. Stuff. We love hearing from our worldwide community. We have many ways for you to voice your opinion and make your voice heard. You can send us a short email or video that may, in fact, get incorporated into the show. You can send those video links or emails to comments at destinationlinux.org. So earlier this episode, Noah said something just crazy about us not using certain types of software and in order to do the show. It, it's all it's all Linux related. You know, it all runs on Linux, and that's what's important. It might yeah. not, it might not be completely open source in every aspect, but it is all Linux related, and it is destination Linux. So that is totally fine. And Noah's just wrong about things. So it's you know he says silly things sometimes, uh, but uh, this is a it, darn it, that FOSS software. <laughs> <laughs> There's so this is an interesting topic because we had there was there's recently Zoom has become a very popular pro- a service because of you know obvious reasons. And the Zoom, in the midst of the growth of the like the explosion they've been having, there's been some kind of issues depending on you know where you look at. There's been people writing articles about you know privacy concerns and a variety of different things like that. So this is it's very interesting because of all the companies who are moving to doing virtual meetings and Zoom is being a very popular choice for those people. Once you get popular, you start getting critics, of course. So we wanted to talk about one as there's actually been quite a few, but we want to talk about one where Proton Mail actually wrote an article about Zoom and having some privacy issues. And some of these issues are understandable. Some of them seem a little bit, you know, that they they're trying, they're reaching too far. So I decided that I wanted to find out more. So I contacted the Zoom uh, uh, customer service and tried and asked them these questions related to the various different. Which I'd love that you did this. So instead of just like listening to Proton Mail, then we throw our opinions in there. You reached out to them to get their thoughts on this information, right. which is always a good balance, I think, between having one company's opinion of something versus another, and then our opinion thrown in. Now we got both sides, which is really nice. Yeah, I, I wanted to give them a chance to you know sound off on this thing too, because I didn't want to just you know bring out the you know the article and then just to cover it and then you know have an opinion based on one side. I, I, that's not you know in my opinion. I that's did not think the it ideal. was not very good that you used Noah's name to get the interview because they wouldn't talk to you, but then you said, "Hi, I'm Noah from the Ask Noah Show. Will you answer this?" And then all of a sudden they answered. I would. That was a little I would, bit no, 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 no. That I, mean, I would never do that. They might think I drink bubbly. Never gonna ever do that. Anyway, so <laughs> when Proton Mail reached this week, I went reached to, to Zoom and asked them about their privacy policy and various different things. That made claims about not even just Proton Mail's article. It was also a couple art articles I talked to them about. And one of the things that they said is that people talking about where they have like data collection and other stuff like that. And Zoom said, this is a representative from the uh, use, the customer service uh, conversation I had. Zoom only collects user data to the extent necessary to provide technical and operational support and to provide or improve our services. It says Zoom must collect technical information like a user's IP, OS details, and device details in order to for our service to function properly. When your user data is used for service improvements, it is completely anonymized and aggregated immediately upon collection in order to protect users' identities and privacy. 
I've never heard that statement before. Not in any privacy policy ever. Have you, Noah? That that one's a first. It, it is a first, and interestingly enough, it doesn't address half of the article. Well, yeah. no, we're getting we're one, getting that to was that. One that was one paragraph of them. It's okay. because they all have right, to make. All right, well, we're, I, I we're not going to judge. Right. Right. right, we're going to continue. Yeah. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get to it. I'm sure they're going to address. I the, asked uh, them multiple the questions. Right. I showed them uh-huh. different articles from different places, and I asked them directly. Uh-huh. Sometimes I even copied. I copied and pasted the the things that were said sure. in the article. So yeah, we're giving them. This is uh this is a pretty common claim by companies, obviously. But if if this statement was made from an open source uh, project, we'd be like, oh yeah, we can just look to see if you're doing it, and it's easier right, to prove it. We could it. check. Yeah, but proprietary software is a lot harder, and you're just basically taking them at their word. We also received another comment from Zoom, and they had to say about the Facebook claim that was made, and they were people people saying that they you know using Facebook uh, iOS Zoom version would send data to Facebook. Zoom says Zoom does not share user data with Facebook. And Facebook, and like at all, Facebook cannot access any personal data Zoom collects by the use of our products and services. Even if opting to use the login with Facebook feature that Zoom has, they would still not get this data. Zoom does not have access to any of the face of the user's Facebook content either. Uh, this is an interesting statement because there's articles not in, in addition to because ProtoMail included this as well, but there's also articles specifically about that where they claimed that. You were people were sending data to Facebook, but I, I mean, having the Facebook login as an option, I have, I would assume that Facebook had something to do with it because you know, just Facebook's well, login I will is give notorious. Zoom a lot of credit for this, whether they were un- unknowingly or knowingly sending information through Facebook's SDK, they removed it. So when all these news stories hit, they did actually remove it. Now, do I wish they wouldn't have had it to begin with? Yes. But at least when people started getting all up in arms, they removed it. And let me tell you, the privacy thing is not in our circle. It's a very popular thing that we talk about and is important to us. But your average user out there, like, for instance, you know, my mom's in the medical field, works a lot of hospitals. They're all the doctors there. She's talking about are using Zoom all of a sudden with all these things that are occurring. There are so many offices of friends that I have that say now they're using Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the business there, my son does this karate. They're now doing Zoom over karate. Everybody is moving to Zoom. So do they have a popularity problem where they would have to, in the midst of this growth and servers they're having to add and everything else, stop and remove the Facebook SDK? No, but they did. And I think that's pretty, that's a good sign. I think yeah. that was an important move. I mean, that, that is good if they did that. I, I'm not, if they didn't know it, you know, that'd be, maybe they didn't do it on purpose and they maybe, maybe was accidentally doing it based on the SDK or something. Uh, but it is really great that they actually took it out uh, because there's, there's also been a case where there, there was a server that they put on to Mac systems. And people have talked about that in articles that they were, by putting that server on, they were breaking something that was a security feature in Mac, but they were, not aware to the degree of what they had done. So once they were informed of it, they corrected it and removed the server and made it. Well, once Apple basically deleted their app and forced them to, but at least they did make the change. Well, yes. Okay, sure. I'm not saying that Zoom is perfect. I'm just saying we're offering both sides of the opinion of the articles. Both. Oh, yeah, I forgot we're doing that. My bad. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, there's still more. (laughs) So uh, ProtonMail's claim on the article says in its privacy policy under the entry does Zoom sell personal data? The policy says depends on what you mean by sell. To summarize Zoom's policy, they say they don't sell personal data to, for money to third parties, but it does share personal data with third parties for those companies' business purposes 
in its privacy policy, it gives the example that it may pass your personal information to Google. This is a statement from the article that that uh, would be for Google ads or things like that, right? Right. Well, yes, Probably. that's what it, that's what they're implying, I suppose. But uh, I talked to Zoom specifically about this. I even took this quote and got a response for that. And they said that that part, I can assure you, is completely false. Zoom does not sell user data of any kind to anyone. We stand by our commitment to protect the privacy of our customers' data. Like most software companies, we use third-party advertising services providers like Google for marketing purposes. And they re they're referring to remarketing, but the way they describe it is this. To deliver tailored ads to users by about products that users may find interesting, for example... If you visit our website later on, depending on your users, your, the user's cookie preferences, you may see an ad from Zoom reminding you about all the amazing features that Zoom has to offer. So that's not like, for me because I use Firefox. What? I, you still? Well, I clear. I have it's automatically block, clear it's cookies. Block the tracking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but sure. here, I guess here's the here's the part that I'm not quite following. Either they give access to third party data or to third party collectors, or they don't. If they're giving access to third-party data, is, are you, is, am I to understand that the application itself doesn't collect any personal data at all that they share with Google, only if I visit their website? I guess before I really take that answer at face value, what I'd really, I, what I'd really want to know is the answer to the question, are you telling me this only occurs on a website or does this occur inside of the app? Because here's the thing, I don't really care why or how they collect my personal information, my physical address, my email address, my phone number, my job title, my employer, my IP address, the device I'm using. I don't care if they give that information away to Facebook. I don't care if they put that up on a portal that Facebook can download. I don't care if they anonymize it. And then I don't care how it is they get that information to third-party advertisers or for what purpose they're doing it. I don't like it if it's coming out of the app itself. If it's from the website, that's a different story. But if I have an application installed as root on my machine, which I do if I'm going to install Zoom, and that application is then transmitting you know, data back to third-party advertisers for whatever purpose, business purposes or whatever else, that's a problem for me. It is. You know, the only way to solve this is, Noah, set up Wireshark, leave Zoom dormant on a machine, and let's see what that baby sent. Yeah, we could do that. That would be kind of fun test to see if yeah. uh, they're actually doing anything with their app. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I put that on you because uh, while I can run Wireshark, I don't understand it that well. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a shot this week in the lab. We'll see. What, we'll that see would what be really interesting nice. to come back yeah. with and, and find out. Yeah, and and it's it's definitely something we could. I mean, I could maybe even come back to them and, and find and ask some more questions, like ask Noah's question about whether it's related to the app itself or whatever. But I I don't think that the impression they gave me is that it's not the app that does it, but more of going to their you know doing a marketing approach to you know the uh, cookie marketing and like uh, re remarketing structures of getting Google ads and that kind of thing. But you know the way that the business is typically respond is kind of ambiguous and you know maybe even the by the thing design, that i'm but. most proud about here is that the community and proton mail and other people rose up and said we have a problem with some of the stuff we're seeing they put it out there in the market people retweeted it they liked it they got the message out there that they're also concerned about it and actually got some movement from a major company that's in a major growth position right now to basically start taking a look at these things and realizing, hey, we can't just throw random products out there. People are going to call us out on it and it could impact us in the future. And Zoom's smart enough, unlike a lot of companies, to not just ignore that, but actually do something with it, at least to start. So I am so proud of the community out there 
not just in Linux, but anybody who's privacy concerned for actually raising this issue and making a fuss out of it. Because look, you, what are the alternatives? You go use Google Hangouts, you're not going to have you're not going to have Google coming back going, "Oh yeah, you called us out on taking all of your information and using it." <laughs> They're just going to laugh at you and go, "Yeah, of course we do. Deal with it." So I, I'm happy that people are actually standing up for this for this against a big company like this. Yeah, I think it's good that they're writing these out. I like the idea that these companies like ProtonMail are, are, are bringing attention to it when it's a, a concern that should be addressed. The putting pushing forward to you know make this the privacy and security being a fundamental thing that they that needs to be on their minds for Zoom is really good that their people are doing that. And I also want to give credit to Zoom that is. You know, they are at least in some cases, you know, they're responding to us directly and they are, you know, considering it if, you know, the Facebook SDK thing, maybe they got rid of that. So maybe that's something that they're doing based on this. At least they're, you know, listening in some cases. So I think that, you know, if if you have a problem with something and we voice it to that company and that company ignores us, that's like a Google approach and a normal thing. But I want to just point out that we shouldn't be massively bashing Zoom for having this thing with because at least they're listening. And that is something that is very rare in the tech world. Yeah, I agree with that. So ultimately, it looks like ProtonMail and some places have concerns and Zoom is denying those issues. And we would love to know what you think about the matter. So send us your thoughts at comments at destinationlinux.org. So we are really excited to finally get to the second big announcement that we have to share with everyone. We have some new content that we are about to uncover right now, and that content is front page Linux. So from the very start of forming the Destination Linux Network, we plan to extend outside of podcasts and video content and take on written media as well. With the help of you and the community and those a part of the Destination Linux Network, we have achieved that. We are launching that, and our patrons have the first preview into that right now, going to Front Page Linux. Front Page Linux will feature content written by hosts of your favorite podcasts, guests from across the open source ecosystem, and community members like Eric Londo. That is right. Linux Plus Plus has joined the Destination Linux Network. We know some of you are such huge fans of Linux Plus Plus, and we are too, of the articles, the way they're written of his interviews and getting people involved. And he has decided to join Front Page Linux and host all of his content there going forward. So diverse set of news, opinions, guides, solutions, all the passion that we have for open source and the deal community will be right there. And yes, just to reiterate one more time, I did say Eric Londo, Linux++, is now part of officially the Destination Linux Network. And we are so proud to have them on there. But we also have writers from the community that are writing articles as well for Destination Linux Network. So look at, out for their content, which will be there. And of course, you have Forbes writer extraordinaire Jason Evangelo, who will be posting his content out there on front page Linux. So you're going to get content from a whole perspective of different views. And it's just, I'm so excited to finally get this launch because I've been beating on Michael for weeks to say, can we do it now? 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 Yes, and we I'm can s- do it right now. And I'm so excited to not only to launch it, because I actually get to say finally what we're Shut working up, on. Well, <laughs> well, yes, that too. That too. We got to pull that back from the last thing for sure. Shut up, Ryan. That's a whole, that needs to be a thing, a slogan. That, that could be an article. Sh- yeah. Shut up, Ryan. 
Yeah, I'm just excited to talk about it in general because I've been teasing it a little bit for the past couple of weeks about like I've been working on something and now I can actually finally tell you that front page Linux is something that is, I think, a game changer in the space because we're doing news, articles and opinions. Uh, We're going to be doing tutorials and we're having our our various videos are going to be integrated into the into the site. We're also doing something that I think is fantastic in that the articles, every article, everything that's posted on there will be also a part of the DLN forum. So the discourse forum is integrated into the site. So when you go to the thing, you'll see uh, comments on the section that will actually be integrated into the forum. So anytime you reply to the articles, it'll be a, a community discussion on the forum. And it's and it works both ways, whether you, you reply on the forum, you reply on the website. It's all interconnected. And I am a huge fan of having the community just being a big part of every piece of it, because uh, not only is it piece of being, you know, replying and having comments, but also people can submit tutorials and articles and that kind of thing to add to the website. Wait, an open source network open sources it? Weird. Right. So weird. It's a one-stop shop for Linux. Yes, exactly. So like having, we are, we've always talked about having open source as a a pillar to the, the, just the essence of the network and bringing out the front page Linux isn't anything different. We're going to be having open source approach as well. So anybody who wants to be a participant in the, in the website can submit, you know, articles and everything they want. And we will hopefully be able to get as many as possible and make an even more awesome website than it already is. So I hope you're excited as much as we are. And yeah, like let's just get to the front paging. That's not a thing, but it could be. Wow, you really tried to do a marketing little tagline there, but you well, fell flat. So how about we just tell people head to frontpagelinux.com okay, right now. You're right. Head you're to right. Frontpagelinux.com head and to front check page out the Linux. content. Head to front page Linux. We need a new. You're, need, you're right. We need a new slogan. So head to front page Linux. Shut up, Ryan. Wow, <laughs> that's a terrible slogan. But I, I am excited <laughs> about slogan, this. Actually. And for our patrons, you get to see it while it's still being built out. There are a lot of articles from the community we're still posting out. There are pages that we are still building out. But we wanted our patrons to have the first view into it. So officially, everything will be ready to go by the time you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday. This is cool stuff. Yeah, that is just awesome. We're growing. We're growing, baby. Making some moves. Like to move it, move it. Oh, please stop. People will not go to the site when you do that. Oh, my God. It's not in the record. It's not in the edited version. It might be. (laughs) It might be. Get to the software pick. Nobody wants to hear you sing. This week's software spotlight is SOX or SOX. It calls itself a, a Swiss Army knife of sound processing programs. Sox is a, commu- is a command line utility that can convert various formats of computer audio files into other formats. It can also apply various effects to these sound files, and, and as an added bonus, Sox can play and record audio files on most platforms. So if you need to combine audio, resample audio, extract portions of audio, or just about anything else, Sox is a program that you need to check out. Nice. Our tip and trick this week is the global shortcuts for KDE. Now, there's other ways that you can accomplish this, but one of the things that I have found to be super useful, a tip that I picked up from Michael, is using the global shortcuts built into KDE to do things like mute your microphone. So when I press the button, Wait, if I push the button again, now you can... 
Now you can totally hear. No, that's supposed to happen, Ryan. That's exactly how it works. Oh, that's what the keyboard wow. shortcut does. Yeah. Mutes the mi- microphone. So smooth. You thought it was a mistake, but it wasn't. And so uh, and so the, the trick there is to use the alternative, sh- the alternative global shortcut. And I have bat mine to command or the uh, Windows key uh, Z. Uh, you could do the same. And, uh, and that will allow you to have a hardware control over muting and unmuting the microphone, muting and unmuting the speakers. Uh, you could assign random keys to increase or decrease the volume. Um, but a, a super useful thing, especially if you're at home COVIDing and chilling and you've installed Zoom, the, the, the web conferencing software, and need an ability to turn on or off your microphone on demand. Very nice. I think that's a great tip. I utilize that as well. And actually, that's what I was able to utilize the stream deck here for that I was able to program using the global shortcuts within this uh, little tool here. So I have the little macro set up to move it because I don't use Windows keys because I'm a Linux fan unlike you because you called it the Windows key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a super key or whatever. But I, I use this particular key of this What's keyboard. A super key? It's this key right here. So this one. So that's nobody knows my... what that is because you're the only one shoe on head that has a <laughs> blank keyboard. <laughs> I know. No one could ever <laughs> hack Michael's house. Like if they came to his house, they're trying to hack. They'd be presented with a keyboard with nothing on it. It would just be blank. So they'd have no idea how to even start the thing. He probably has some weird. A stool that they would have to sit on to access his computer to begin with, and then yeah. some silly mouse or something. In fact, up. that's a good point. I probably would just get the tuxedo computer with no no keys, no labels on the keys at all whatsoever. So that'd be perfect. Maybe you'll save seventy nine dollars then. <laughs> all right. So with all the news happening, I think we need something fun in the gaming world. So I went on a search to find something that looked like an absolute blast and that people could you know play at home. Not with your kids because the game's a little violent, so it's more mature on that side, but with your friends from across the way. And that game is Trailer Trash. Wait, what? <laughs> Tra- trailer Trashers. Oh. My bad. Trailer Trashers. So that makes it trailer. I-, I love that games can give you a break from reality. And this is just silly, ridiculous fun. Trailer Trashers is a game that you can play online with Steam Remote Play. You can join up to four players in this hectic twin stick bullet bouncing frenzy. Challenge your friends in deathmatch, last man standing, shotgun soccer. So you can get your soccer fix back here, Michael. Fantastic. Gone, but now you can play shotgun soccer. Might even be better because instead of cars, it's just shotguns. <laughs> there you go. Or crown yourself king of the couch in the all-included party mode. Now, this game, even though it has some cartoonish light graphics, but good graphics, does, again, have mature themes, cartoon violence, and things, so you may not want to play it with your kids. However, it's a ridiculous premise with lots of fast-paced action that I think you could enjoy. So maybe we'll have to get a session going up there, Michael. Oh, yeah, definitely. uh, Trailer Trashers. Oh, I think we should do, like, uh, you know, like a stream or something where we have, like, all the ridiculous, silly games that we've talked about on the show, like Trailer Trashers, Test Tube Titans, and just whatever else nonsense we can put together and have this big stream of just... just have a silly game night. Yeah, exactly. Silliness uh, abound in this one. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. If you want a behind-the-scenes pass into the making of the show and an opportunity to chat with us live, consider becoming a patron. Our patrons help keep the show going and get perks like access to the live recordings and unedited versions of the show. There's so much that you missed included in the interviews this week. If you want more of the interviews, the after-the-interview discussions and things, you can pick that up. And the good news is you can do it for as low as a few dollars, and you can join by either going to Patreon or sponsors. 
Destination Linux Network also is a great way for you to become a part of the community by going to destinationlinux.network and joining our forums. Discuss the shows, the network with listeners from all around the world in one place. If you're looking for more live chat sessions, then join us on our Telegram group where we have over 1,300 members of the community interacting with one another and sharing their passion for Linux. Head to destinationlinux.network to learn more. We love hearing from you, so please get back to us and provide some feedback or ask any burning questions you might have. Send video links or comments to our email address, comments at destinationlinux.org. Please try to keep the comments brief as we may include them in a future episode of the show. Also, don't forget to go to the DLN store and pick up some swag from across the network of podcasts and shows. We have limited edition designs to show off all the founding shows of the Destination Linux network, so you can grab yourself a hoodie, a t-shirt, coffee cup, and many people claim, I hear this, that wearing a DLN t-shirt is a life-changing experience, and we have no yep. ability to back up that that's right or wrong. No, I've heard that but, many times. People have said that yeah, many times. Many times. Many times. I mean, we had them say yeah. it, but I've heard them say it. <laughs> so if you want more content from us, the fun doesn't stop here. We also have our own channels you can check out. You can find Ryan by going to youtube.com slash dosgeek, dosgeekcommunity.com, and apparently still fillmystill.com where he fills your yeah. brains on hardware, software, and all things Linux. And you can check out my content at tuxdigital.com, where I do a weekly in-depth Linux Good News podcast, This Week in Linux, and other Linux-related content. You can find... At ne- tuxmystool.com, you mean. Sorry. I'll fix oh, that yeah. for you again. For- every week, I, I have forgot to fix that. it. It's getting embarrassing, Noah, that every week I have to fix that for he'll, you. He'll learn eventually. It just okay. takes yeah, a little bit. He good. needs a couple more scenes. Yeah, that's my bad. I need a scene specifically just to remind me to say that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Noah can be found at asknoahshow.com or linuxstool.com. See, I got that one. Uh, Noah- Linuxstool loads faster. Linuxstool is the coronavirus-free website that you can visit. Uh, wow. I, that's implying that yeah. you have... Uh, anyway yeah coronavirus so you go to asknoahshow.com that's right <laughs> all right there, all right there sure no host a weekly talk radio show at 6 p.m on central time on tuesdays you can join him and answer your your tech questions your linux questions and even business questions if you, you check it out asknoahshow.com or i'm sorry linuxtool.com to make sure that you don't get this <laughs> also make sure to check out other destination linux shows like hardware addicts linux for everyone dln extend and so much more at the destinationlinux.network. And also our very own Jason Evangelo uh, has, uh, for the Linux Everyone, created a folding at home group for the Destination Linux Network to to help everyone get involved in uncovering value information about COVID-19 and help solve it with the uh, folding proteins, as as well as other uh, diseases as uh, folding at home has been around for a while. You can join the team and everybody else along with the DLN by joining the 240869 team. That again, that's two four zero eight six nine, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. If you'd like to be a part of it using the folding at home group. Everybody have a great week, and remember that the journey itself is just important than the destination is. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. See you next week. You rock, Phil. Thanks for hanging out with us the whole time, man. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> that was awesome. We did it. Another show down the pipe. All right, patrons, you can all turn on your mics, turn on your video if you want. You don't have to and come chat with us.